0: One. Seven things you probably didn't know you need know. I'm Jamie East and this, this is the standards. In the next seven minutes or so, we'll look back at a week that saw strikes, strikes and more strikes, tragic deaths in Solihull and the English Channel, a major breakthrough in nuclear fusion, and a host of nominations for the Golden Globes. Grab yourself a mince pie and a hot drink, and we'll get you up to speed in next to no time. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. Don't you forget to hit the follow button to get your daily updates at 7am. 7 Seven. As Christmas gets ever closer, industrial action has been ramping up, with this week seeing mail strikes, rail strikes and nurses walking out across the country. Rail workers began the first of four days of strike action on Tuesday, as official figures revealed real term wages aren't keeping up with the cost of living. With rising inflation, pay remains the central issue behind the wave of strikes and the RMT unions rejected a proposed wage rise of 8% over two years. General Secretary Mick Lynch isn't happy with ministers. They want these strikes to go ahead. This is a campaign of disruption brought around through Rishi Sunak's uh, attitude, which is to make working people poorer and to maintain the living standards of the rich. On Wednesday, Labour leader Sakir Starmer was putting pressure on Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in the House of Commons as the government continued to ignore the wave of strikes. After 12 years of Tory failure, winter has arrived for our public services and we've got a Prime Minister who has curled up in a ball and gone into hibernation. (laughs) What is the point of him? And what is the point of the government who's supposed to be leading? Yeah. Rishi and the Tories seem to think that the public will blame Labour for the strikes, but there's not much sign that the public at large believe that, with polls largely supporting striking workers. Labour's Shadow Attorney General Emily Thornberry was happy to outline how Labour would handle the disputes. We would be negotiating and we would be trying to find a solution because a strike is a failure. A strike is a failure on both sides. Ooh. Both sides need to compromise and you need people to sit round a table and work out, what the compromise is. Thursday saw thousands of nurses across England, Wales and Northern Ireland walk out as the largest strike action in NHS history began, leaving only essential services running across much of the country. It's the first time the Royal College of Nursing's ever called a nationwide strike and comes after the government labelled their demand for a 19% pay rise unaffordable. RCN boss Pat Cullen says low pay's led to chronic understaffing across the NHS and poor conditions for patients, with industrial action a necessary last resort. It's a tragic day for the NHS. The NHS has been run down by this government and left in a crisis. What we're trying to do today is to actually save our NHS. Staff nurse Mark Boothroyd's been picketing. In central london and says the decision to strike wasn't easy it's a very difficult decision for for nurses but we feel we've been forced into it uh, because the the government has refused to negotiate and refused to listen to us There was a fresh tragedy in the English Channel early on Wednesday morning as a small boat with almost 50 migrants on board got into difficulties and had to send a distress call. RNLI lifeboats and the Coast Guard scrambled and rescued at least 30 people from the freezing cold waters, but at least four people have been confirmed dead. Home Secretary Suella Braverman was focused on stopping the crossings, particularly for those who'd come from so-called safe countries. People do not need to seek asylum if they are already in a safe country. It is vital, literally vital, that we end the illegal crossings in the channel. But with mounting backlogs for asylum claims and despite Rishi Sunak's new plan to tackle the ongoing wave of migration from Albania, Labour MP Clive Lewis says the government's just not doing enough to help those who are seeking asylum. There is a necessity for this government to stop with the rhetoric, stop with the division and actually a- deal with this properly and that is to open up safe and legal routes and if you don't do that then there will be more deaths former director general of the border force tony smith says when the distress call comes they only have one thing on their mind the top priority not just for the border force but for all of the associated agencies will be to save lives at sea Ukrainian officials say two people were killed in central Kherson on Thursday following more Russian shelling of the city they withdrew from. It's left much of the region without power. It comes as Defence Secretary Ben Wallace reaffirmed the UK's support for Ukraine and says he doesn't fear Russian aggression. So I feel safe because I'm one of 30 in one of the biggest, most successful military alliances in the world. And so, you know, Russia could be angry all it likes, but I've got friends. Uh, they haven't meanwhile human rights law firm global rights compliance have launched the first sexual violence mobile justice team in ukraine who'll assist authorities investigating reports of assaults and offenses committed by russian soldiers wayne jordash is a co-founder of the organization and explains why it's necessary to deploy the team i think it's quite clear that the russian uh, method of warfare is to attack civilians and part of those attacks involve widespread sexual violence The founder of collapsed cryptocurrency firm FTX has been charged with fraud by U.S. authorities. Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested in the Bahamas, accused of tricking investors out of one and a half billion pounds, which he's denied. He quit as chief exec last month after struggling to raise money to stop it going bankrupt. Speaking in November, Bankman-Fried said he had a duty to do right by their stakeholders, customers, employees and the regulators. I didn't ever try to commit fraud on anyone. I... I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. Um, I saw it as a thriving, growing business. It's claimed since at least May 2019, FTX raised the cash from around 90 US-based investors. Meanwhile, a hearing's underway in the US House, where Congressman Brad Sherman said he'd been trying to ban American investments in crypto for five years. My fear is that we'll view Sam Bankman-Fried as just one big snake in a crypto garden of Eden. The fact is, crypto is a garden of snakes. Still to come at the standout seven, there's big news on nuclear fusion and Jennifer Coolidge is having a moment right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices American researchers say they've made a major breakthrough in nuclear fusion, moving us closer to be able to generate limitless clean energy. Experts have been trying for decades to recreate the energy that powers the sun. And at a research center in California, they simulated the conditions of a star for a fraction of a second and apparently produced enough power to boil up to 15 kettles. U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm says for the first time they released more energy than they used to fuel the experiment. And it's a big deal. It's the first time it has ever been done in a laboratory anywhere in the world. Simply put, this is one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century. The Banshees of Inis is leading the nominations for the Golden Globes with eight nods including Best Motion Picture Drama. British stars in the running include Dame Emma Thompson, Daniel Craig and Olivia Colman. The ceremony wasn't broadcast last year after criticism of a lack of diversity in the organisation behind it but it will be back on air on January the 10th. And there's plenty more big names in the running, this time for Best Director, although they're all men. Best Director, Motion Picture. James Cameron, Avatar, The Way of Water. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Schneid, Everything, Everywhere, All At Once. Baz Lerman, Elvis. Martin McDowell, The Banshees of Inishirin. Steven Spielberg, the Fablemans. Please, these gays, they're trying them. To- Nearly 30 years since her big break, White Lotus star Jennifer Coolidge has been reflecting on a career-defining 2022. She reprised her role as Tanya McQuaid for season two with an intense finale on Sky Atlantic this week and played the iconic Karen in the Netflix thriller series The Watcher. Now, the recent Emmy winner's been interviewed by superfan Ariana Grande for Entertainment Weekly's Entertainer of the Year feature, and she says it's been a dreamy time. 2022, for me, has been an explosion of many surprises, and they were all good. And they—it's like a, a, a fireworks that went one, you know, one caught fire, to the next fire, and it's just cherry bombs, sparklers. I mean, the year just kept getting better and better. You know. This has been the Standout Seven, the best of the week from the Smart Seven. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. with the Sunday Seven. Have a great rest of your weekend.